Welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. Today I interviewed Emily Webb. Emily is the co-founder of Mission Fusion. And Mission Fusion is this amazing dance event in San Francisco. It's kind of like a dance renaissance happening here in San Francisco. And Mission Fusion is the event where that dance renaissance is happening. Um, and it's an unstructured dance event, but it's also with a partner. Um, so if you're familiar with ecstatic dance, it's similar to ecstatic dance, but with a partner. Um, and to those of you who have no idea anything about dance, uh, just imagine as if you were doing a salsa dance and instead of having set steps you need to do, uh, it's just a free-flowing kind of move however you want. Uh, now, of course, that can seem very daunting to somebody who's never danced before, um, but and there is a learning curve involved with it, but once you get past that learning curve, it is by far the most reliable way uh, to find states of flow in your life. Dancing is by far the most reliable way I've found uh, that aren't drug-induced. So uh, if you want to figure out how to have more flow in your life, I'd suggest picking up some dancing. Um, and it makes sense given our history as as human beings. It's like, you know, for millions of years we were dancing around the fire. As soon as we got that fire, we started dancing around it, you know. Um, it, it, it just makes sense. Uh, everybody's trying to improve their exercise regimen and get all disciplined and everything like that. And, like, dance is that way that you don't need to get disciplined. You can just follow the joy of movement. I It is my firm belief that movement should be joyful. Um, and I live in San Francisco and I live close to the to a place where a lot of people go running every day and I can just look out my window and and see people running and I see these faces of just pain and challenge and I'm going to get it I'm going to go get the running and I'm going to go get the running and I'm going to go get the career and I'm going to go get the everything and I'm just going to strive and I'm going to win and I'm going to do all this stuff and there's nothing wrong with that um, except when it's the only option available uh, and so dance is a way to get into that other option of like, how can movement be joyful? How can I find like fun and, and, and sensuality in my, in my body? Um, and, and so it's a long way of saying that you should listen to this episode because we get into all this different stuff. Uh, and Emily is one of my favorite teachers. She's one of my favorite dance teachers. Uh, she also teaches Krav Maga and her specialty is teaching young women how to, uh, defend themselves. Um, and so if you are a young woman listening to the show, uh, and you want to learn how to defend yourself against any potential attack, then definitely get in touch with Emily Webb. Um, this is, you know, I, I run a global podcast. So, uh, if you aren't here local to San Francisco, uh, I'm sure Emily could point you in the right direction as to how to get that training, uh, nearby you. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do enjoy this episode, please find me on Twitter at Stuart Alsop, I, I, I. Again, that's at Stuart Alsop, I, 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 and let me know what you think. Uh, give me an idea of, of, of what you think of this episode, of what you think of the rest of the episodes. And if you do like this, this episode, please find us on iTunes uh, or Stitcher or Spotify, and go ahead and leave us a review if you, if you enjoyed what we're doing. So hope you have a great day, and please let me know what you think of this episode. Welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. My guest here is Emily Webb. Uh, she's the co-founder of Mission Fusion, which is an awesome dance event that I've been going to for six, seven months and has turned into one of my favorite dance events. Uh, and she's also a tango dancer and instructor, uh, Krav Magra instructor, uh, and she runs seminars for women's self-defense. Uh, so really excited to have you on here. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so dance, martial arts, uh, what else are you really excited about? 
these days. Well, as we were talking about before, I also have a meditation practice, which I have been uh, delving into pretty deep for the last couple years, and that has been life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. But the between the dancing and the martial arts, and now the meditation, um, it is, it's like the whole package mm-hmm. I feel like I'm bringing forth in my life now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's for me, so I started meditating maybe like 10 years ago. I started uh, doing yoga about uh, 15, 16 years ago, uh, and... Uh, dance was so far outside of what I was thought I would be interested in up until about two years ago and then randomly just started getting into it and realized how exactly like you say it's like this kind of like thing that ties everything else together and like of all the metaphors for life dance I think is the most applicable would you agree I love it as a metaphor for life Uh, especially when we're talking about uh, dancing in partnership with another being right that also has opinions and and uh, qualities and uh, experience that are different from your own and that is one reason why fusion dance is really fun because we come together and uh, we create this improvisational dance to modern music uh, both tango and fusion are improvisational which is why I like them as the metaphor because anything can happen at any time mm. just kind of like life <laughs> <laughs> yeah and dance teaches you about that in life as well so it's like I've started to it's funny, I, I was just, I, I live near the Panhandle and I went out at the Panhandle, it's a beautiful day, I've been on calls all day and, and I just took 10 to 15 minutes and I put my headphones on and now I'm like getting to the point, is, so I'll set this up a little bit more, I, I about two years ago I was driving on the Embarcadero and I saw this guy with headphones on just dancing, totally, you know, going out like, and I was like, oh wow, I, that's crazy that somebody's just like kind of totally free flowing out in public, like no, no sort of inner critic and I was like, oh, and I could never do that. And then I just go outside now and, you know, I just start dancing and there are people all around me. Like, <laughs> like, and it's, and it's so interesting, this kind of like self-expression that dance brings and improv also does it. I've been doing a lot of dance and improv and both of these things, the more that I just kind of let, let go and just kind of like, there's this sense that when I start dancing that it just, it just happens. It's not me doing it. It's the most flow promoting thing that I've ever found. Mm. I mean, there's, 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 substances that can put you in the same sense of flow but but in terms of things without substances it's the easiest thing to get me into that state but it also brings up the most pain as well um it brings up pain that that and a lot of that pain is related to my sense of what other people are thinking and and all that different stuff Mm. for you because you've dealt with other other pain stuff as well like what is that connection between dance and pain well, it's interesting, especially in the tango world. The fusion world, we're so friendly and nice. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah. And the tango world um, is less so, but the rewards are so juicy that if you you got to make it past that really tough learning curve in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, you know, there was all, all the I'm not good enough you know, coming up, um, especially in the tango world where... It's just such a difficult dance, and people spend years dedicating themselves to learning. And so, if if you're here, you know, in your first year of tango, and I've been dancing tango for 20 years, I'm gonna look at you differently than I look at somebody else who's been spending time and effort and energy um, and in perfecting this dance. Mm-hmm. And that's challenging because I'm not looking at you as a person. Uh, when I go to a tango event, I'm looking at you like, yes. of what kind of dance can I get? Yeah. And that's a real shame, and it's sad, but it's also kind of the reality. So for me, tango, 
put up front and center like all my inhibitions and and everything and I find that people who are much more socially outgoing um, having a more extroverted personality uh, tend to do better in social dancing in general right they meet people more easily they're much more free in that I'm a little more shy you know and um and that was challenging and because I'm like, I want to dance with that person over there, but I don't even know I exist. So it really threw up in my face. And, and partner dancing can do that across the board, I think. Um, the other thing I really loved that, uh, so especially turning 40 really helped. Once I turned 40, I was like, I don't care what any of y'all think. <laughs> you know, I'm here. I, I feel good. I know I have the skills. So I learned that it's not... Now, it's not that I'm not good enough or that my skill set isn't strong enough. Um, there are other factors at play. And so I always took it very personally. And then I realized, oh, it has nothing to do with me. Um, that person may not know I exist. And that is, um, that's kind of their world. And I'm opening my world um, in a different way. Mm. You know, so uh, now it's like, I'm okay. Like, I'm going to have, I'm going to enjoy who I'm dancing with. I'm going to, I have great dances. I have friends. And I'm okay, mm. even if that person doesn't know I exist, mm -hmm. right? And and actually, if they don't want to dance with me, I don't actually care to dance with them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm and I'm good with that. Uh, in my own, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't knock me off my center anymore. And I can have an amazing night of dancing wherever I am, uh, feeling good about myself, and knowing that every time I go on the dance floor, you know, now I have more skills than I used to, but. Even before, it's like every time I go on the dance floor, I'm bringing myself not just as a dancer, but as a, an entire human being. And I have things to offer mm -hmm. um, in this interaction that are above and beyond just my dance skills. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've learned specifically from Mission Fusion is how to be very comfortable asking people for a quick dance and then not taking it personally. I mean, at first I, I took it personally and stuff like that, but now it's like happened so many times through exposure that it's just like, I, don't, I just don't take it personally anymore. It's like it's so quick and then the dance itself happens so quickly too it happens you know three to four minutes and then and then you switch partners and uh it's just it's like taught me so many things about life and rejection and uh and uh flow and uh relationships and gender and all these different things are like just it's all there in dance and like tension and tension's a really important one let's talk about that because you taught you teach a lot of these really cool techniques about how to maintain tension in the dance what is the role of tension in dance? I'm going to call it tone, tone right, not yeah. tension. <laughs> yeah, so I think that this is it's more about connection um, and sensing into the body of another person, listening on it with all our senses, not just our ears or, or seeing with just our eyes. When we touch somebody, um, we are mapping into their body and we we have this feeling in the in the best dances it's like we're moving as a four-legged animal and these are skills we can build um i often when i'm teaching i don't do this to everybody but i'm like i wonder i'm like how do you touch your lover you know like because in a way when we come onto the social floor even though it's not a sexual thing it's like you're touching another human being how would you um how would you touch a new a, a three-week-old kitten you know, it's like we're going to touch them with care and attention. Uh, and when I, I definitely have worked with like masculine, feminine, feminine qualities with people as well. It's like within the dance. It's like how can we bring all that within the dance? And these connection skills, uh, 
create a really amazing experience on the dance floor with a human being that you may not even know and you may not talk to again. And we can have that ability to connect deeply uh, on a physical level and get a knowing of the other person, a sensing of the other person without ever talking to them. And that to me is a really beautiful Thing. And from there, we start to feel, where is their balance? What do they want to do? How are they hearing this music? How am I hearing this music? How can we move together in harmony? And um, it's a lot to ask, like when you're a beginner, <laughs> to get this all at once. And their skills we can build up over time. And I totally think they, they apply right over into life, into especially into relationships, mm-hmm. uh, in a, even more into intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all, all our partnerships, all our close partnerships, there's a care that goes into holding those relationships that I think is happening in our partner dancing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. And listening, and listening not necessarily with the ears, like you said, but listening with the, I want to understand that more is like, because that is the thing that I've noticed. I can now start to like close my eyes and dance and have no problem not run into anyone in a partnership, you know, uh, uh, give them uh, uh, a, uh, a move and then, you know, totally close my eyes and go where it goes and it doesn't have an issue. And I want to understand and feel into their body too. And it's so interesting because all we have is a connection with our fingertips or maybe in the shoulders or anything like that. But you can sense where their balance is. And I know that we've got receptors in our in our, in our fingers uh, and their sense they sense the mechanical the pressure and all these other things but it's so interesting that our brain can build a map of what the other person is doing and like mm-hmm. feel into it and we, we don't need to go into the science of it but what do you think about that like what is what what is how can we do that it's like almost like ESP almost or something like that <laughs> I think of, I make this analogy quite a bit. If you know anything about octopuses, uh-huh. um, they have eight arms, right? And those arms all ha- have hundreds and hundreds of suction cups mm-hmm. on them. And uh, an octopus tastes with those suction cups. They feel, they sense, like there's so much sensory in- input coming in to those suction cups. And I feel like, okay, my hand can't taste you if it touches, but it can sense so much more than what I have been trained to do so. Mm. And when we combine that with our sight, like even if we close, if I walk up to you and I see how tall you are, I see your basic shape, etc. Um, I just mapped your body in my brain. Mm. And then when I go to touch you, I have another sensory input. So from there, if I shut my eyes and I do a lot, I love doing blindfolded work and mm. eyes, uh, just practicing these skills to understand when you take a step, I can feel where your foot is landing, right? So I'm sensing into you, but then the other side of it, because it always takes two, right, is the fact that if your body is, I'm just gonna use the word wobbly or wonky, like if it's if it's not um, integrated as a whole, it becomes very challenging me, for me to sense with my, with my eyes closed to sense your body and where it is. So, we have to come in and, and, and have a coherence in our own body, an integration with our own body to allow somebody else to sense us and vice versa. And when we have both people working in tandem, then we begin to have a much deeper level of conversation dance-wise. That's so interesting. So, And I felt when I first got to dance, and, and I've been working with this for a long time, and the reason why I stuck so closely to dance and it's been the main thing that's helped me with my chronic pain issues is that 
there's this vertebrae in my spine that feels like it's off or subluxated in the sense in the chiropractic terms. Uh, and it feels just off and it feels like the, ne- the nerves going down it are somehow impinged or something that's, that's preventing my upper body from feeling fluid in my lower body. And dance has helped me have that, but it's been, re- it's taken a year and a half. And it's, I mean, well, it's actually taken like 15, 16 years starting with yoga a long time ago. And then only recently getting to the point where I'm really healing it with dance feels like it's healing. Um, and it's so interesting. I wonder as you, you know, you've danced with so many people, you've taught so many different people and, and I can feel it immediately when I start to dance with another partner who has something similar. Who like, And it feels like the hips and the pelvic floor, that there's something off, that they can't move, balance their weight. Um, you know, I just asked a couple different questions, but what do you think about that kind of like these tensions that we hold in the body um, and how they affect our dance and stuff like that? Definitely affect our dance, yeah. <laughs> and we can only be aware of what we put our attention on. Mm. So if you spent your entire life not really paying attention to how your pelvis is moving around in space or that you have holding patterns that are locking something in place, which most of us have, right? Um, There's just no awareness to that. And until you bring awareness to something, like like Mm. dance has brought awareness to this issue for you, along with the yoga, et cetera. and until we bring awareness, if I've never thought about sensing into another person, I'm not aware of it. It's not in my reality. So we're bringing new pieces, especially for people who are not in their body. So if you're like, you know, working in the tech industry, your computers, whatever you're doing, I don't know, driving a car for a living, doesn't matter. If you're in your head, if you're one of those people, you have not put so much attention onto your somatic experience in life, to your body experience. And so we bring attention to that body experience. And I love one of my students, he always used to say that, he would take private lessons with me and he'd be like, I would tell him something, he'd be like, you can feel that? He was always so shocked. And I'm like, yeah. And then like, you can feel that? (laughs) Yes, because I'm putting my attention onto that space. Um, in another body, in another body, yeah. and mm-hmm. and or in my own body, yeah. and it takes practice. And there's things uh, for me. It was like my rib cage, you know. And I remember I was in Buenos Aires. This was a few years ago, and every private lesson I went to, they were talking about my rib cage. I was like, if one more person tells me about my rib cage, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I hear you. I need to, I need to yeah. figure out how. And it was an awareness um, that I didn't have in my rib cage before. It took months of conscious uh, consciousness. That's mm-hmm. all. Just of being aware of what my rib cage was doing in order for me to relax my rib cage. It was it was kind of in a constant state of of holding and outward tension, and uh, and you know it's like when somebody, I tell somebody like hips or whatever you're working on, like you need to just take a minute or two a day and and bring some attention and movement into that space. For some people that's overwhelming and it's like the payoff isn't there. But I can tell you uh, after having released holding pattern after holding pattern, and this is, uh, we were talking gently before about uh, my past traumas and being attacked. Every time we have a trauma, whether it's emotional, physical, um, psychological, as human beings, we have responses. And one of them is, is freeze. And we freeze up in our bodies. And if we don't bring attention to unfreezing those things, we freeze up more and more and more. And now we become a locked up human being. Then that can be locked up physically, locked up emotionally, mentally. And we can unlock those things. Uh, 
but the first step is to bring consciousness that, that we have frozen in some way. And I, in my work with women, um, in the self-defense as well as in dancing, I love to to kind of unwind some of those knots because we have created boxes for ourselves that this is how I move, this is how I think, this is how I relate. And dance as well as martial arts, any movement and somatic practice um, is a great way to start unwinding the body. And when the body starts to unwind and we start to bring attention, uh, the mind and some of the mental patterns also start to unwind. And then suddenly you can feel into another human being. Mm. Uh, and we step outside of the box that we have created for ourselves and realize there's other possibilities out there. Um, and just taking that, that little bit of time a day just to be, bring yourself consciousness into your body and what is happening inside of it. Mm. Um, while it may seem tedious or boring or something else, you yeah. know, um, or scary, uh, in the end, I, I would never trade it. Like, I'm like so much happier now that my shoulders aren't locked up all the time. Yeah. And dancing helped me understand how locked I was in certain places. Hmm. And it's like the, the um, so I once asked a massage therapist who I'd worked with for a long time who had been like 20 years, you know, at a spa hour after hour just doing massage. And, you know, I've had a lot of tension. He helped me work out a lot of the tension even before all this dancing. And I asked him one time, have you ever worked on anyone who has never had any tension in their body or any excess tension? Because we all have tension and mm-hmm. it's a, tension is an important part of the muscles attaching to the bones. Uh, but we all have excess kind of tension, uh, maybe excess tone as so well. That, I would call that the holding pattern. The holding pattern. Yeah, no, that's yeah. what I call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he said, yeah, no, I've maybe touched one person who has not had this holding, any holding pattern, mm-hmm. like total lack of holding pattern. Um, and so I wonder, is there an end state where I don't have any more holding patterns? Have you, have you reached a point? <laughs> 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 um, I think to me, I would love to say yes. You know, I mean, sure, that one person, you know, <laughs> if, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, but to me, life is just an unfolding yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's constantly happening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So... I'm delving, for example, deeper and deeper into my own self, uh, releasing holding patterns I didn't even know existed, for example. My body, mm-hmm. pretty good, but I still have body. I have body aches and pains. Mm-hmm. And um, my martial arts experience hasn't really been helpful, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I, get, I get thrown around and, and it's, it's a contact thing. Life is about contact. And for me, an overarching perspective, Life is not about getting rid of all our holding patterns. <laughs> you know, that's not, there's not an end goal. Yeah. It's happening and blooming and evolving. And it's about noticing, you know, this, for example, this week has been a little crazy for me, you know, and, uh, and it's, so yesterday in my meditation, I really focused in, I was like, how can I imagine life in a way where I can intake all of these things, these multiple balls that are all up in the air right now, how, what would it feel like to handle those multiple balls without cortisol running through my system? Noticing how much stress am I under? Because my baseline of stress, 
I did a test recently, this really cool thing where you stick your fingers in this thing and it measures your energy fields, et cetera. And the person who was reading the exam, the test result, chakras lined up, feeling really good. Uh, energy aura, very good. He's like, and he's looking at it, but it's a very cool machine and it can measure other things about your organs. And, and he's like, yeah, you're kind of stressed. And I was like, really? We just got done meditating. I feel so not stressed. Uh-huh. And that machine is telling me that I'm carrying a higher, my baseline of stress mm. is higher than I might think it is because I only have my own experience to, to go with. So yep. uh, I did my meditation yesterday and I'm imagining another way. What would it feel like? Can I begin to imagine what it would feel like to connect with that other person? In this case, to handle all my balls that are in the air with less stress. And can I notice then, be more conscious, bring more awareness to my feelings and how they're affecting me? Where am I holding my body? When I have a thought, when I have a thought about um, my past, where am I holding that in my body? Can I, can I release the past, whether it be, I don't care what experience it is, and create a new future that's not based on that past experience. And the only way I can do that is becoming in the present moment and and seeing what it is mm-hmm. and, and creating something new mm-hmm. um, that is from a different personality uh, from what I have in my past. And for me, this is the my um, unfolding of life right now. It's just noticing the coat that I have put on. I love this metaphor, just like putting on the costume, the mask, whatever it is of what I've put on, how I'm presenting, what's coming up for me when I go to the dance, or what's coming up for me when I'm working with a partner in my gym who is X, Y, or Z. Um, And noticing if that's the reaction I wanna have. And then also noticing where it landed in my body. You give it really, there's a lot of different things that we can go with. The, uh, uh, I hope I don't lose it. Um, okay, I lost it. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the, another thing, I've been just reading this book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers by uh, Robert Sapolsky, who uh, talks about stress, but why zebras don't have this kind of stress, chronic stress that we as human beings have. Uh, and so it talks a lot about the stress response. And when we have a stressor, immediately in the first few seconds, there's uh, something, our hypothalamus in our brain releases these chemicals into our blood immediately within seconds. So as soon as we feel that that kind of stress, yeah. that's happening. And then there's two other chains that happen, one at 15 seconds and the other one at minutes. And those last one is a glucosteroids and those guys are minutes. And they take uh, minutes to come into your bloodstream and then they last for hours after, after the stressor. So the key thing that I've been learning is to notice that stress response as it's happening and there's something about noticing it that also inhibits it. So to go into it and then get out of it as soon as possible, which goes to the point, which is that you talked about where does it land in my body? That is, that it sounded like to me that that's where does the stress land in my body? And then how knowing that where it's landing in my body, bringing attention to it somehow also integrates that faster. So it feels like to me, at least in my, in, in my journey, it's, it's more about how quickly I can integrate things that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seems to be, just like you're saying, there is no end to this process of, of, of relationship stress. It's just, it's, 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 it's there, it's part of living. Uh, but the agency that we have, I think, comes in this, how quickly 
for me, that's my goal is how quickly I can essentially integrate it and then come back to the present moment. Right. Yeah. I think of it passing through, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when I said like noticing where it lands on my body, like we have, you know, you'll feel like, oh, my heart feels tight. My gut feels tight. My shoulders feel tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and noticing if we're dealing with a stressor or uh, an emotion that is not favorable to us, it, like where that enters in the body, because that's what creates the muscle holding patterns. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the other side of that is also understanding, um, you know, uh, you said something that upsets me. I react at an eight, you know, out of 10 because mm-hmm. I'm triggered. And like, I also like to notice, well, oh, I just reacted at an eight. I could probably just knock that down to like a two or a three, you know, but my past experience is causing me to, to, um, to hear you in a different way and noticing that, you know, and then just letting it, oh, letting it pass through. And I, and this could go in all kinds of directions, but I also have a, a belief that, um, you know, people are doing the best they can yep. and you're also acting from your past and your own. And I don't need to take everything quite so personally. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I want to give credit where credit's due a little bit. Uh, I learned that everyone's doing the best they can mm-hmm. from Brene Brown, who is amazing. <laughs> and uh, and she, she helped me learn that lesson. And uh, also this idea of um, I've been very deep into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work for the last two years. And it is. Um, it's amazing. I rec- highly recommend both those people and reading their books, and uh, they both have workshops as well. But this idea of like carrying our past always into the present and into the future, and we're literally creating a future that is a replica of our past, uh, and breaking that cycle and coming back into the present moment and envisioning a new future. And that what Dr. Joe Dispenza does, Dispenza does so well is explain that if you're into the neuroscience of it, the, the chemical breakdown. And the way he describes it is these chemicals that we're talking about that you were just speaking of, that we actually physically get addicted to them. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I'm like, I am a doer, you know, like I like to do things. And apparently from that machine that I, that I got tested from, I have a higher stress level than, than maybe is totally healthy. Uh, I'm on some level addicted to that stress. Mm-hmm. So it's actually hard for me to um, getting better, mm-hmm. you know, but, and I allot time to just doing nothing, going, but going for a walk. But to have a whole day where I'm just in a relaxation mode is very rare for me. And it's, so if I have that open space, I'm likely to fill it uh, because. I need my hit mm-hmm. of what the chemicals of stress or the chemicals that say that little testosterone hit when you complete something, the dopamine hit mm-hmm. when you get a response back, whatever it is, we are addicted to those chemicals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that in Dr. Joe's work, it's like we're coming in the present moment and we're giving our bodies through the meditation a hit of another chemical, right? Mm-hmm. A hit of the feel-good hormones mm-hmm. so that our body is like, filled with oxytocin and serotonin and all these things that are making us feel good from a source that's within and reconditioning he calls it pulling the body out uh, pulling the mind out of the body so that our mind is free of our body's chemical responses and needs mm. Um, mm. yeah interesting 
So I'd, I'd like to take that back into dance, and because uh, that's the thing that I had this realization maybe about seven months ago, where I was dancing with a partner, and I, and I, you know, I have this voice in my head that says that I'm doing things wrong uh, a lot, and then and then when I'm when I'm dancing, that was a huge thing, particularly before mm. before a dance is like I just don't know how to do this. I don't know, you know, and the partner might be expecting something of me that I, you know, that I don't know how to do. Um, and as a lead, as somebody who leads more often, it's like that 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 role, the responsibility of like actually like providing the space for this to happen is, is was stressful for me. And then I I was dancing and I made a mistake, and then I realized the dan- the music just keeps on going, so it's really easy to just get right back into it. There's nothing happened. It's just like as long as I didn't turn it into a thing. But if I if I had turned that into a thing and been like, oh, no, you know, I did that wrong and then it just ruins the whole thing. But that was totally up to me, basically, as opposed to how big of a thing I make it. But the music keeps on going. This is just like, and it's like life, you know, it's like life keeps on going. You make a mistake. And the more, the more that I kind of realize these mistakes are, and not with the, with the no guilt type of thing, that, that that's the real thing for me, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think uh, it's very common, <laughs> very common. And often um, from a follower's perspective, I oftentimes followers will blame themselves for everything. Mm. And I'm like, you know, the lead could have not been so mm. clear, right? Yep. Um, and as a leader, there's this, I lead and follow both um, almost equally. So as a leader, it's like, I want to, I don't want to bore my follower or, mm. um, I'm like responsible for everything, you know. I got and that's a lot of mental chatter going on. And I think what you said is really brilliant about uh, and it took me a long time to learn this where making the quote unquote mistake or I'm going to call it a break in connection with your mm-hmm. partner um letting that just flow through like oh that happened. You know, can in a world where many of us are lean towards perfection uh, mm. if you're that personality type can we learn to let it go just like notice that it happened mm. maybe even smile about it mm. and let it go and and move on and this is so just what i was talking about can we create a different future that's not based on that past moment you know in a, in a four minute time period um, <laughs> versus letting that break of connection or quote unquote mistake trigger the stress hormones um and and put our mind get us back into our mind and like out of the somatic experience of dancing and that's huge you know um for other people though it's the exact opposite they're so disconnected from like their partner and their body world they don't even realize the disconnection happened so for some people it's it's actually i love like you know I get so happy when my students notice that they made um, the less desirable position or whatever it was, right? Uh, that I'm like, it's and I love that they noticed it. That I love when they noticed I was off balance. I'm like, hallelujah, you know? It's like we brought consciousness and awareness to that moment, and um, and to me, it's that's really I I love these this whole podcast and to meet other people who are in this contemplation of life. Mm-hmm. You know, because we can bumble through life and not even know that we're like a bull in a china shop um, and hurting other people's feelings or hurting ourselves, you know. And this reminds me of the Kashmiri Shaivism philosophy, which is this Indian philosophy, which uh, came around the 600 to 900 uh, AD in Kashmir, India. And they talk about 
contraction and expansion. Uh, and so, you know, the goal of a lot of these traditions is to expand, have an expanded state. But sometimes we do that through contraction by contracting our awareness onto a particular object of meditation until some sort of expansive state happens. But it's life goes in between these contracted and, and expanded states. You know, you have the Big Bang, which was a super contracted, and then it goes expansion and, and, and secular things. And it's the same thing with, um, like you were saying, some people are totally contracted in their state. They don't have the awareness, the ability to become aware of certain things that are going on. Uh, and they're in that contracted state. What the, I like about this non-dual Kashmir Shaivism philosophy is that it makes no value judgment about that that contracted state of awareness is just the way the way it is and eventually it will expand as well and it's like and then at a larger level it's like it's all part of this one expansive thing so it's interesting mm -hmm. yeah um dance trauma the i'd like to go into the 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 connection with martial arts for you which came first dance or martial arts the dance okay Dancing, interesting yeah, yeah. And then, and then what was that initial trigger to get into Krav Maga? Oh, this is a kind of a, a big can of worms, but I'll make yeah. it short. <laughs> uh, like we were talking about, the bringing awareness to, like, to what, the, what you don't know. So um, in my 20s, I started having uh, rec uh, recovering memories of childhood abuse that I had stored deep down. And I had also been attacked when I was 17. I, re you know, remembered all of that. That was traumatic enough. Um, and it got to a point where I was just, I was losing it. I was a mess. And uh, my world really was falling apart. And I came, I had been living in Central America with a partner. And he came back to San Francisco for grad school. And so I was half-time here, half-time down in Central America. And uh, I found Kramaga. I have no idea, but... I'm blessed to have to have found that work and um, I never thought I would be teaching mm. like I was the one crying in the bathroom you know like in the workshops I, or in the in, in the, the Krav Maga in my classes yeah. you know like yeah. I I mean it was very challenging and um, and I was an avid student and uh, I what I love about uh, Krav Maga and, and in some ways dance too in different in different ways but we have, you know, our our emotions and our and our our psyche and our bodies and our spirituality kind of thing. And when we are in a cycle that we don't like, um, a spiral downwards in whatever way it is, I feel like the easiest way to break cycles is through the body. Mm -hmm. uh, once the body physiology starts to change, it automatically, as we're talking about, gives you some different chemicals to work with in the brain, uh, and it will tend to heal some of those negative thought loops that we have. Uh, you can go in to the, the therapist as well, and that's really important too, um, but mm -hmm. I love Kramaga because if you're dealing with um, any kind of anxiety or fear, or whether it's for yourself or wanting to protect somebody else, it's like you get in that body and you realize that um, you can be a small person or an old person or an overweight person or whatever your story is, that you can actually learn how to um, protect yourself and you could actually do damage to somebody who is much more physically powerful than you. It changes everything. Mm. Mm. Uh, 
And because for those of us, for those listeners who don't know, Krav Maga was a martial arts that was invented in, by the Israeli Defense Force, right? And yeah. it's the quickest way to essentially take down an attacker, correct? Yeah, it's based on, it was, you're correct. Yeah. It was it was made for, to, to erect an army very quickly of people who were not fighters. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it continues to evolve yeah. and change. And if they find something in the system that they're like, actually a small person wouldn't really have a hard time. Like we're figuring out that, that's not ideal. They figure out something else, and that will that will work for 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 more people, um, and it just like us, it's evolving. <laughs> and it's really interesting because I've I've done some martial arts as well. Never a Krav Maga, but I've done uh, Taekwondo and 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 learning how to fight. Uh, uh, like a special forces instructor taught me how to just fight basically, and that was really interesting. That was before I got into dance, and and then now getting into dance as well. It's so interesting that they're both so similar you know it's like fighting with somebody is like dancing with them in some ways right we have the same skills of feeling where they are in space and understanding and the chess pieces and putting them together and two people are moving uh moving mm-hmm. together uh, you know crowds a little more aggressive and a little less about you and a lot a lot more about me and <laughs> I'm, i need to know what you're doing if you're an attacker it's made for the street if you're gonna mug me if you're gonna hold me up at gunpoint if you're gonna choke me mm-hmm. um rape me whatever it is like I, I need to understand where you are in space and how you're moving so in that way it is very much and like dance interesting there's no there's you don't want to do that with contact or initially it's you're not in contact with an attacker or something like that so or you might be we might we don't yeah, know yeah we don't know but it's assessing uh, and in this way it is that we have um you know it's like we observe what's happening we orient ourselves to the situation we decide what we're going to do and then we act that's called an oodle loop mm. and that is happening you know, in dance as well. Yeah, it's happening in life, yeah, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I guess the uh, when I say I'm not thinking about you as much, um, in Krav Maga, we, we, fl- we have just a, fl- a switch that flips. And that's really what you're training, that we step outside of that freeze response, which is also great for dancing. When you make the mistake, mm-hmm. you don't freeze up or need to stop. You, you make the mistake and or you lose connection with your partner and you move on. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, it's the same in that way. But for me, people always ask if I combine the two. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I did on accident a couple times. It did not end well, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and because Krav Maga is different than other martial arts. I call it, it's all the martial and none of the art. It really is no nonsense, self-defense, get yourself home, put the person down, get yourself home safe. Yeah. Um, if you can, de-escalate a situation so you never have to fight. Um, and... And I, I don't think of it as being very artful. But of course, there's two people involved. You have to assess. You have to understand how motion is happening, etc. So that's really interesting. Because it's, fu- it's funny, because Krav Maga is all the martial without the art. And then you chose like Tango and Mission Fusion, which are all the art. Particularly Mission Fusion, where it's like all art, like there's no there's no structure, there's no. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I love to because that's for me that's been a light bulb moment where because I needed the structure of salsa in order to get for the first six months in order to get into this partner dance of like oh what are we doing, and then I made the switch to Mission Fusion and now Mission Fusion is the thing that I want to do. I wish you guys would do it more often. <laughs> uh, do you guys have a lot of people asking that? Or, Sometimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's just like it's like it's it's such an interesting space of like just total improvisation with another partner. Uh, and it's and it's it's such a again a metaphor for life. Most people are feel cer- certainty and kind of feel this 
sense of structure is really helpful for them. But then Mission Fusion is like this place where there is no structure, but then you draw on your structure from other things, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the base is really connection. Mm. And, and then we, you know, of course we have some turns and connect different embraces and things like that but you're right because it can go anywhere anytime tango is the same way there's a lot more aesthetic kind of rules quote unquote in tango um, but they are both improvisational dances that can go anywhere at any time and for some people that is really challenging versus other dances like salsa or west coast swing where you need to be somewhere on the counts mm-hmm. right and i love i love fusion dancing and tango dancing for that. Mm. I was at an event recently once um, and there was another tango dancer there and we were so happy to see each other and we had a dance and the, somebody was like, how do you know where to go? Like, how does that happen? Because he's a very nice dancer and we're just feeling this like this oneness moments, you know? And I really thought about that because uh, it was at a meditation event, right? So. I was like, wow, well, actually, you know, we're really, we're coming into full presence. The, the personal leader role, both of us, in fact, it's the same for both, yeah. but we have coherence and integration in our mind and our body. Uh, I'm okay to just be 100% as a follower. I'm feeling, I'm sensing, I'm in the moment, and I'm totally fine to step anywhere at any time, which to me is the unknown, right? Mm. And I... <laughs> When I can harness that power mm. in my whole like rest of my life, which I'm getting better and better at that, like being okay to step into the unknown and step into it fully on my axis, integrated, coherent in my heart and my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. We can that could, that would be a beautiful thing to have everywhere in life, you know, <laughs> in our dancing and a knot, and that's a real challenge. So the improvisational aspect of tango and a fusion dancing can be very um liberating for some and very challenging for others and both probably for a lot of people one piggybacking on the other (laughs) so we've got yeah like five ten minutes left i know you got a uh, you got a lot of stuff going on and i want to get back to that but i I feel like this conversation could go on for many many more hours but uh, uh i'd love to have a conversation about flow for you personally in your dancing because i've found immediately once i think i've got to this level of like okay it's gonna be flow from now on all the time same thing we were just talking about, but uh, how often do you go into a dance and do you feel totally lack of flow, totally out of it? How often? Yeah, like. Oh, I'm probably I would say never. Never. Like, Interesting. Right. Um, completely out of flow. Yeah. Never. Never completely out. And so, because what I'm trying to get at is, again, it's this question of like, can you get to the point of no holding patterns in your body? Can you get to a point? Where it's always flow like in the dance, like where there's very minimal amounts of of the of, of because, it, it, you know, it's also this ideal kind of stuff that I for some reason always am aimed at is like, can I find this place where I can go dance? And I, I'm getting much closer to it where it's like, because uh, I, 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 the, there's this there's this obstacles there's obstacles to flow, which I love, but then there's there's flow or friction I think is a good word and stuff like that. But you don't find much friction in your dances anymore. It's just kind of... I think a real key, maybe, for, uh-huh. for you and people listening, um, would flow comes when 
no matter what happens, you can continue flowing from there. Mm. So, of course, I love having dances that just feel like magic. Mm. Like everything is beautifully happening. Um, no friction. Mm. But when the real, like getting there is because mistakes or are happening and but they they turn into something else beautiful that's not actually a mistake like we find ourselves in this position oh i know what i can do from here and it's like this just became an amazing new move right and 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 that i feel like is where the flow state comes from the mind flexibility of where you're just integrating feeling integrating sensing without the mind without yeah yeah and so whatever is happening is good Right. Mm -hmm. Even and since we're talking about a partner dance, like it's easy enough to find that state by yourself if you're into that, you know. Mm -hmm. But when you're dealing with a partner, there's another body doing another thing, right? Mm -hmm. And and uh, it's a beautiful moment actually. They've done studies with tango dancers and tango dancers that are very um, connected. Mm -hmm. Their heart rates actually sink. Uh, So there is that state. I felt it before. I felt the state of oneness where the other body isn't even there. You know, like it's really, truly, we are um, connected energetically and physically. That's a beautiful state to be in. And then I have other people that I'm in play mode with. And it's like, those dancers are so much fun, especially when we end up switching and swapping roles back and forth, because whatever happens is good, mm-hmm. right? And And the flow state comes from the improvisation of, of creation and feeling I'm in this position. Woo. And now we're in that position. Oh, that was so much fun. How do we get there? I don't know. <laughs> and, and we don't care, yeah, right? It is already, you're already flowing the next piece. So I love bringing this back kind of full circle to what we talked about in the beginning. You're like, I made a mistake. I'm boring my partner. I fell over, whatever it was. Can that morph into a much more broader sense of, of knowingness in our own body and body awareness so that, oh, I fell, I was about to go, I felt I was about to fall over and I changed it into something more beautiful mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So for what I got from that was essentially that there's the friction, but it's the friction happens and whether the friction becomes a long-term friction and go, descends into a kind of pain. And, and, and for me, at least, it's it's that as a choice that I get. Well, it's, it's a choice and it's just something that I've been habituated in, to do is turn it from the momentary friction into a larger story of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is happening and now I'm back in pain. But there's that moment where I could let it go and just kind of witness it and then let mm-hmm. it pass through me, which right. I've been trying to find in many areas of my life. Yeah. But it's, and that it's happens faster and faster. Yeah. But I personally, as we're having this conversation, and if I look at like the ideal, you know, like the best dances I've had, and I've had a couple, <laughs> I, I've had dances I dreamt about, like yeah. even still, yeah. like I'm like, whoa, like that was what all my training was for, was with that time with that person. Um, you know, that's a, a gem, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. a rare gift. Yeah. And, but to think that the other ones, like all the other ones like were I not, know. I was not in a good enough state of flow. Yeah. Like that's for me, a little ridiculous like flow does not have to be this state of that we're striving for all the time like enlightenment Mm. i can have moments of enlightenment i can have moments of clarity and i can certainly um as you say it's not just letting the friction on the mistake pass and noticing it we're talking okay maybe it's one step up of that where there are no mistakes anymore 
And to me, that's when you get in the flow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where and there aren't... All becomes flow. The, the dances I dreamt about, maybe were perfection, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but yeah. the, all the other ones are happening that it was... You're in the flow state of, of the constant course correction. Yeah, and and and, it, and it's beautiful, mm. and it feels good. There's no, there is no mistake anymore. Yeah, and then and then flow and flow and friction then just become labels for what is always happening, which is the flow of life, which is right. a constant. Right. Interesting. Uh, so then, I have one more question for you. Like, so you 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 lead and you follow, and then within a dance, you switch between lead and follow. Correct. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and ha- and that that's that's been the hardest step for me recently is like giving up the idea of lead or follow within a dance and paying attention to the follow and then because the follow I've been noticing now that there's this the, there's this oh, follow can add something to it and then the lead can take it and then expand upon that and that's mm-hmm. been the most interesting thing as to how to navigate that because I you know part of me wants the structure and wants this like okay this is what we're doing and I'm the lead you're the follow and we're, that's that's what we're doing but but into into this place of unstructured kind of thing like. That's been the, it's, it seems like the next level, basically. Yeah. This is a big topic <laughs> in our last couple minutes. Yeah. But maybe I can try to summarize quickly. Yeah. You know, I think people have different reasons they want to dance, right? And especially when you're talking about fusion dance, which can be lo- much less structured, can be the follower has a much larger voice, potentially, if they want. Um, people come to dance for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And this is striking this flow means that you have a partner who's there for the same reason as you. Um, so some people really want to move in their own body and experience their music in their own body. And then their partner is the, the secondary. And it's like, oh, let's do this together. Like, and you have a conversation back and forth mm-hmm. of movement and it's fun. So I'm much more concerned about my own self-expression than I am concerned about our expression as a partnership. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that at all. People can have so much fun doing that. So I'm not judging it at all. Um, Other people start to dance because they want to experience a a depth of connection with another human being. Mm -hmm. And um, I personally am on that side of the track. The the partnership connection is always my primary. And the connection then with our partnership to the music. And as we explore the switching and the conversation so if we're dancing and you're leading and i'm following and i have something i I hear the music that i want to express i'm not going to express that in a way that would break our connection right because our partnership is the most important thing to me and um, hmm. if you're dancing with somebody who's in, coming from that mindset, your dance is going to be much different than if you're dancing with me uh, in the mindset that I actually want to express myself. And sometimes I'll do that in jeopardy of the partnership. Uh, and I'm not making a judgment on that because uh, it can be super fun. Hmm. Uh, but knowing who you're dancing with in, and the, in the dance floor and in life Knowing where that synergy is going to be, um, you'll find yourself in, in a greater flow state when you're playing with somebody who has a similar mindset to you, mm, right? Yeah. Um, and when we come into the switch, it just starts to get, like when, we, when we're learning to speak when we're little kids, like our vocabulary is really small. Uh, and some people, I'm going to, and this is kind of labeling because it's so not true, but I'm just going to say, like, some people have an elementary school education, some people have a high school education, some people have a PhD. Um, as we grow in our dancing and our ability to communicate physically with each other, it's the same way as we grow in our vocabulary and our emotional capacity to feel and communicate on all levels. And the more knowledge we gain, 
the more skills we have in our tool belt, the more interesting our conversation can get in life or in dancing. And both of these things take time and we are where we are. And I think we can create, because I know I've been creating flow states in my dancing Mm -hmm. the entire time. Mm -hmm. So I know that I can create a flow state, whether I have a kindergarten level vocabulary or a PhD level vocabulary. But who am I dancing with? Who am I playing with Mm -hmm. to help create that flow state? Probably not going to get it if you're mismatched. Such a good point. And it brings up the very, very primal nature of our um, movement communication, like our physical communication is so primal. And so many people here in San Francisco have totally lost that that, and are now rediscovering it uh, and only only communicate through the verbal verbal sense. And that's uh, really interesting. But uh, we've got to wrap up. And, and so you, you're running these uh, workshops and the self-defense seminars. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one can find out more about Mission Fusion at missionfusion.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we run two dances a month. We also have a yearly event, a big shebang out in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I teach at Krav Maga San Francisco, uh, kravmaga-sf.com. I teach weekly classes there, co-ed. Like everybody, by the way, you can come and take a free class whenever you want. Uh, tell them Emily sent you, you can get a free week. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we do all kinds of things there besides uh, fitness and yoga and things like this. And then my real, uh, one of my real loves is the women's self-defense work. I do uh, work with uh, young women, teens as well. And we have uh, a two-day seminar coming up on November 2nd and 3rd. And honestly, I just can't tell you how much I love doing it. I mean, people come in one way and uh, they, le- they leave like completely different people wow. because of this idea that we're empowering the body, we can empower the mind. And I love taking the time that I have in those workshops to work with some of the psychological things that are going on. Um, and again, it doesn't matter your age, your fitness level, your size. Uh, we have all, the whole breadth of, of humanity comes to this school, and it's a beautiful community. And if you are, if I just highly recommend, if anybody is dealing with past trauma or anxiety or just wants to feel more empowered, uh, it doesn't have to be Krav Maga, but go and use your body, you know? You want to explore your your sensuality, your masculine and feminine natures, um, human interaction and connection, you know, go and dance, you know? It doesn't matter what dance it is. And don't pay attention to that voice that says you can't do it. So that's what I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give yourself a new voice. That was the past voice. Yeah, yeah it's the voice of the past. <laughs> we can give ourselves a new, a different voice. Put on a different coat. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Thank you so much. This was a really a huge pleasure and love to do it again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah.